episode four, Southern Riots Flag of Northeast Kansas. I'm Merle Riedel, and you're listening to a June 7, 2006 podcast from the Kansas State Historical Society. Each quarter, curators select five artifacts for the Cool Things section of our website, kshs.org. With this podcast series, we take a closer look at these artifacts and find out the story behind the story. In the following interview, Blair Tarr, curator at the Kansas Museum of History, tells us what a Southern Rights flag was doing in Northeast Kansas in the 1850s, and if a militant group of South Carolinians living in Atchison was named for Hair Cream. the curator at the Kansas State Historical Society. And uh, Blair, you're going to tell us a little bit about the Southern Rights flag. Uh, first question is, where was this flag made? Well, we're not exactly sure where the flag was made. There's two possibilities. Because it was used by a group of South Carolinians that came to Kansas, there is a hint that it may have been made by women from Charleston, South Carolina, and sent along with them. That was pretty common later on during the Civil War in both the North and the South, so that's, that's sort of plausible. It's kind of crudely made, though, and I have a feeling that the reality is it was made once the South Carolinians got to Kansas and made it for their own use here. But there's not really any proof one way or the other. Okay, that, that begs me to ask, what were um, South Carolinians doing in Kansas. And I think these guys were in the Atchison area, correct? Yes. What were South Carolinians doing in Atchison? Well, just like the New England Immigrant Aid Society, some people tried to send people to Kansas to make it a free state. Uh, the same thing happened in the South. There were immigrant aid societies in the South, and that included some from Charleston, South Carolina, uh, that sent a number of South Carolinians, the Buford Expedition, which we won't get into it, but that's one possibility. Uh, so it's a, Atchison itself was a good place for them to come to. As you know, it, or may know, it was named for David Rice Atchison, a Missouri U.S. Senator, who was very much a pro-slavery man. And it was right across the river from Missouri, so they knew there was help. Just a short distance across the river. Um, you mentioned earlier the, the name Palmetto Guard. Um, what, uh, what is the Palmetto Guard? It sounds like, like some kind of hair gel or something. Yeah, it is, actually. They used a lot of that <laughs> hair gel down in South Carolina. It's because of the moisture down there, it sort of was like uh, silica gel. <laughs> <laughs> no, the <laughs> Palmetto Guard was essentially sort of like a, a militia unit. Uh, most of this particular group had been students at what was then the South Carolina Military Academy, what we call the Citadel today. And Palmetto is the state tree of South Carolina. It's just really a palm tree, which I, if I, I'm not sure about this, I believe it's just shorter or lower to the ground than uh, your standard palm tree. Okay, and once the flag got to Kansas, what, uh, where were some of the places it was used? Where did it see action at? Well, the Palmetto Guard found its way to Lawrence uh, and the first sacking of Lawrence in May of 1856. And that's where it really gets quite a bit of uh, attention because when the pro-slavery forces come in, first they hoist this flag above the Herald of Freedom newspaper office. 
And, and shortly after they bring it down, they destroy the Herald of Freedom newspaper office. The next step is the Free State Hotel, which is now known as the Eldridge. Uh, they did the same thing there. They had it flying above both cases, probably just for the symbolic value of showing the citizens of Lawrence, we've got control of your town. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bring it down from the, above the Eldridge and then proceed to destroy the hotel. Uh, it, there is some talk that it was taken back to Atchison after the raid, and there was a banquet held there by uh, the pro-slavery men who gave these what's described as ultra-pro-slavery toast in its presence, and everything about subjugating Kansas to the pro-slave will is mentioned, and it, it just is one of those scenes where they were full of themselves Mm-hmm. and very confident of what they were going to do. Well, okay, the flag, um, it's kind of interesting looking. It's its a red background, and it's got a white star on it, and it's got text at the top that say, let's say, Southern Rights. Any idea why, What what's with the white star or the red background? Any symbolism to that? I'm not sure exactly about the red background. I'm not really completely sure about the white star. Uh, I believe the white star is an indication of what was thought of politically before the Civil War. You know, there's that expression that came out that after, before the Civil War, you said the United States are, and after the Civil War, it was the United States is. Because before the Civil War, each state is seen as a sovereign state. Mm-hmm. And this is South Carolina, which was always a, pro, uh, a pro-slavery and secessionist hotbed, saying we are a sovereign state, one solo star. Uh, the Southern rights on there, I think, is probably fairly easy to explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other side has South Carolina on it. Um, how did the flag end up here at the Kansas State Historical Society? Well, not long after that, to- that uh, banquet in Atchison, uh, there was a skirmish between the Palmetto Guards and some Free State men's men along Slough Creek in Jefferson County. And at that point, the Free State men surprised them in an almost bloodless fight, fight, bloodless fight actually, uh, the flag was taken. It was put in the hands of a Colonel Whitman who gave it to Edward Everett Hale, a prominent speaker back east who used it for a while. Mm-hmm. Hale eventually gave it back to Whitman, and Whitman turned it over to the State Historical Society in 1879. Uh, the sidebar to that is, is that the director of the society at that time, Franklin Adams, was one of the free state men who helped capture the flag in 1856. All right, just a couple more uh, questions here for you. Um, the, the flag kind of deals with bleeding Kansas time period. And um, I've noticed over what I've seen that there's some, some commonalities in bleeding Kansas. So my question is, is why does it seem like all the territorial bad guys either come from Atchison or Lecompton? Well... As you probably know, there really wasn't much west of what's now U.S. Highway 77 mm-hmm. in Kansas at that time. Uh, so they couldn't go to places like Tipton, for instance. <laughs> Tipton would have to wait till you came along and get, get any kind of notoriety whatsoever. Right. So, uh, and I sort of hit it on what Atchison was already. It was just across the river from Missouri and was really a staging base for uh, pro-slavery forces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lecompton, this is, uh, it was the territorial capital for a while, and when it became the territorial capital, 
the legislature, the territorial legislature, was still pretty much controlled by pro-slavery forces. So they tended to stay in and around the capital, mm-hmm. again, thinking safety in numbers. Gotcha. And holding that little bit of power over the area around the Compton. Okay, my last question is pretty easy. In 10 words or less, was the Civil War about slavery or states' rights? It's slavery, states' rights, economics. Last two revolve around slavery. (laughs) Okay. Okay, that does it, Blair. (laughs) Well, thank you for uh, giving us some information on the Southern Rights flag. You're quite welcome. That concludes Episode 4, Southern Rights Flag of Northeast Kansas. Join us in two weeks when I question the museum director, Bob Keckeisen, about a 1960s electronic football game rumored to inspire madness. This podcast is a production of the Kansas State Historical Society. 